tonight, what we're going to be doing is, is kind of a companion study to what we looked at today. Because we're talking about the value of listening to God. And I mentioned in the study, uh, or, or the message today, I mentioned uh, that you have to have a, a yes in your heart. There has to be a willingness to obey God if you want to hear from God. And tonight, we're going to look kind of at the other side of that coin. I want to talk to you about the, the tragic consequences of ignoring God. The tragic consequences of ignoring God. Open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2. And I want you to go with me to the Lord in prayer as we begin this study. Father, we're, we come before you tonight. We're asking once again... For your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to be our guide. Thank you for the word that you've given us, the word we're able to look at today and to see the value of listening and having a a readiness to obey so that we can hear from you. Then tonight, Lord, as we look at the tragic consequences of when we don't do that, the tragic consequences of when we refuse to listen, when we Ignore you and your word to us. May tonight be a, a time when you open our hearts and open our eyes and draw us closer to you than we've been in a long time. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. And thank you for this. these your people gathered here tonight to study. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Have you ever wondered how some people get their lives so messed up? I mean, you're not trying to be judgmental, you're not trying to be critical, you're not trying to be pharisaical, uh, hypocritical, or anything like that. But sometimes you can look at somebody and say, how did he get so messed up? How did she get so messed up? How did they end up there? How did he go from this to that? How did her marriage go from this to that? It's, it's amazing sometimes when you look at how people ruin their lives and how people do stupid things and things that have tragic consequences. And you sometimes have to ask yourself, is that what they wanted from the start? That, 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 probably not. Is that what they wanted to do with their lives when they grew up? Probably not. They probably never dreamed that they would be there. They probably never dreamed they would end up in that situation. So you have to ask yourself sometimes, how did they get there? Why are there so many wounded and hurting people, struggling people, and even people who claim to be followers of Christ, and yet their life, their marriage, their family, sometimes is in shambles. One of the reasons I believe that people get their lives in such a mess is because somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, I could not pinpoint for you exactly, but I've got an idea of how we can pinpoint. Somewhere along the line, they refused to listen to God. Somewhere along the line, they made a conscious decision to ignore what God says. And I just want you to know something. Whenever you deliberately, consciously ignore what God says, 
there will be a day when you regret that decision. See, the source of our problems can be traced back either to to our failure to listen to God or someone else's failure to listen to God. Most of our tragedies, most of our failures, most of our struggles can really be traced back. If you go back far enough, you can trace it back to to our failure to listen to God. Uh, you, You got your Bible open to Jeremiah. Go over to the right real quickly. Put your finger there in Jeremiah. Uh, a verse just popped up on my radar screen. I want to show you it, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. It's underlined in my Bible. Maybe you need to underline it in yours as well. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that seems right to someone. How do we get our life so messed up? How do we get our lives in such turmoil? How do we make such stupid decisions and have such such a mess in our lives and our homes? Here's the reason. There is a way that seems right to a man. He, he decides, she decides, well, this is the thing I ought to do. Well, this is the way. I ought to make this phone call. I ought to go there. I need to do this. This is what I need to do. This is what will make me happy. This will. This is what will fulfill me. There is a way that seems right to a man. I know what God says, but this is what I want. I, I know what God says, but, but this is what I need. I know what God says, but this is what I'm going to do. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. Most of our problems could have been avoided if we had listened to God and heeded His instruction. Would you agree with that? If we just listened to God, heeded His instruction, we could have avoided those marriage problems. If we just listened to God and heeded His instructions, we would have avoided those financial problems. If we just listened to God and heeded His instructions, we would have avoided those personal problems. We just listened to God and heeded his voice. We would have avoided that addiction. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. Well, what does that have to do with Jeremiah chapter 2? Go back to Jeremiah chapter 2. That's really the message of Jeremiah. I've summarized for you the message of Jeremiah chapter 2 and a few other chapters that follow. Judah was a broken nation of wounded people because of their sin, their failure to listen to and obey God. In chapter 2, God reminds the nation of the days when they used to be faithful to God. God reminds His people of the days when they used to listen to Him. God reminded the nation of the days when they used to want to obey Him. Days when she used to be dedicated and committed Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to read several verses in this chapter, not the, the whole chapter, but several key verses as we scan our way through that this chapter. Jeremiah 2, 1, the word of the Lord came to me, came to Jeremiah, and here's what the word of the Lord is, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his, of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. 
In other words, Israel was special to God, and he made sure he took care of them. He protected them. And if anybody came against Israel, they had to answer to God. That's the way it was working. Verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, all you clans of the house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and rifts, a land of drought and darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives? I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? See, the people didn't ask that, neither did the priest. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? It was as if God was not in their conscious thinking anymore. It was as if they had no thought of God anymore. They weren't thinking about God anymore. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? God was missing. God was, God was not there. His presence was missing, I should say. He was not there with them constantly anymore. And they didn't even realize it. They didn't even ask about it. They didn't even inquire about it. The priest did not ask, where's the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. Isn't that amazing? Those who deal with the law, the religious leaders, did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets, look at this. this the prophets prophesied by what? They used to prophesy by God. Now the prophets prophesy by Baal, following worthless idols. Skip down to verse 11 for sake of time. Verse 11. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord's. My people have committed two sins. Here's the first one. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And then here's the second one. And have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. Skip down to verse 17. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God? When He led you in the way? You might want to underline that in your Bible. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God? Skip down to verse 20. Long ago, you broke off your yoke and tore off your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every high hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me in a corrupt wild? How did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Although you wash yourself with soda and use an abundance of soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the what? The sovereign Lord. Look down at verse 26. As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the house of Israel is disgraced. They, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets, they say to wood, you are my father. And to stone, you gave me birth. 
They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. We'll stop there for a second. If all we did tonight was read that text, it would be an amazing story of how God's people turned a deaf ear to God and the, and the tragic consequences of what happens when God's people turn a deaf ear to God. Now, here's the part where I need your participation. I need two people on your mark, get set, go. Two people who can talk to a telephone pole. I need them right up here. There we go. All right. Let's give them our appreciation and a round of applause. Now, I, I feel like we got some good people that can handle this task. Don't you? Say amen. 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 Ladies, we love to pick on you. Thank you. Who's going to be person number one? Who's going to be person number two? Person number one, you stay right there. Person number two, you come over here. Let me turn my microphone off. Can you just turn it off up there? Are they up there? Just hit the mute button up there for a second. All right. Thank you. Turn that on just in time. Y'all are good up there. All right. Person number one, stand right here, please. Person number two, I want you to stand right here. Now, here's the instruction that I've given Ann. I just want you, I said, I just want you to talk about something. It doesn't matter what it is. Just something that you can just kind of talk about. Just, it just comes naturally. You can talk about it. All right. So you're going to have to listen and you need to talk up loudly so that they can hear you. And so you've got this conversation. Do y'all know each other, by the way? Yeah. You, okay. Just I figured you did. <laughs> All right. So, so you got this conversation. I'm going to sit down, and you just engage in conversation. Ready, set, go. Keep talking. You tell them to you tell them to go take a shower and you have to remind them to use shampoo. It's so hard. <laughs> they just they don't listen. No matter what you say, you're not listening either, but no matter what you say <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, Dave's kids are just like that too. <laughs> All right, that's very good, very good. Now, I want to ask you a question in just a moment. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to have the conversation. All right, let me tell you what I need you to do. All right, right here. And action.
Okay, I'm going to call time because this will go on for a while. <laughs> we we got to be out of here by 7. So. No, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Come back up here. Come back up here. <laughs> Y'all did a great job. You did a super job. Now, yeah. All right. When you were talking and she turned her back to you, what did that feel like? You're trying to talk. I know it's just the illustration on, but, but did you have any... What did it feel like when she turned her back to you? Good. Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. I don't have any time this week for counseling. Okay. Has your wife ever done that to you, or have you? Has your husband ever done that to you? You've been in a fight, and all of a sudden they just turn around. Uh, yeah. Don't point. <laughs> Somebody's back there going, yeah. <laughs> the the remote, oh, the remote, yeah, the great. So that happens in your house. You're you're trying to talk, not in your house. Okay, you've seen it, you've heard about it. All right. How did it feel when she was involved and engaged in your? She was listening. I was gonna, I was gonna continue with my conversation. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing how engaged you were, even though this was just this, you know. <laughs> Yes, she just said, I'll finish that later. (laughs) Good job, ladies. Thank you very much. Now, I wonder. I wonder how God feels. When He's trying to tell us something. And we turn our backs to what He says. It's right there in Scripture. Look, look again. You probably read past it and didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Verse 27, chapter 2, verse 27. God says this to the people of Israel. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. When she was standing here with her back to Anne... It was so it was such a a picture of what God said the people of Israel had done to him. They weren't listening. They weren't responding. They were not engaged. They were not hearing what he what he said to them. But when they turned together and and, and Anne was now listening, it was amazing how engaged they were. Here's the question I've got for you and don't answer this out loud. Right now, Not the way you want to be, not the way you hope to be. Right now, do you have your face turned towards God or your back turned towards God? If you're like most of us, you're you're going to justify and rationalize it. So I got my face towards God. But my question is, is that the honest truth? And for some of you, it will be. You've got your face towards God. But let's ask the question. Is there anything right now God keeps pointing to and you haven't responded yet? Anything God keeps speaking to you to you about and you haven't said yes to it. If that's true, you've got your back turned towards God. Not your face. 
But if there's something that keeps coming up in the Word and you haven't dealt with it yet, something that keeps coming up in the Word and, and you haven't obeyed it yet, you have your back turned towards God and not your face. And tonight, quickly, I want to give you seven results of not listening to God. And I encourage you to write these down. You see, when you turn your face towards Him, it means you are attentive and responsive to Him. You're attentive and responsive to Him when you turn your face towards Him. But when you turn your back, you're, you're basically saying, God, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm not listening. It doesn't matter what you want. I'm not listening. So I want to give you seven results. We'll just highlight these. We're going to scan the Scripture in in Jeremiah and just highlight what God said to these people about the tragic consequences of turning their back towards Him. The tragic consequences of when we ignore God. Here's the first one. Number one, our relationship with, with God grows cold. That's the first consequence. Our relationship with God grows cold when we stop listening to God. Do you remember back in chapter 2, verse 2, how this all began? God said in chapter 2, verse 2, I remember the devotion of your youth. God is speaking. And He said, I remember a time when it's not like it is now. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride, you loved me and followed me. I've got that underlined in my Bible. You loved me, past tense. Followed me, past tense. I remember, God says, the devotion of your youth. And i got a question for you. Is is there a time when you are more devoted to the Lord than you are now? You know by now that the shorter family is getting ready to grow. We're not going to have a baby. Uh, but we, our family is going to grow, Lord willing, in two weeks. Uh, my daughter's getting married. <laughs> and it's a great thing. It's a joyful thing. And you'll be able to tell that by the tears that I shed at the wedding. Um, I love what Jim Wilson said. I asked him, I said, Jim, you've got to coach me through this. Because I've never done this, and I don't know what it's like to have a son-in-law. I don't know what, you don't have to coach. I'm really struggling with this idea of her getting married. I love Morgan. He's a great guy. I'm thankful for him. But I don't want to give away my baby girl. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to coach me through this one. And he said, let me tell you something about son-in-laws. There is none righteous, no, not one. (laughs) I understand. I'm starting to get that. I, I understand that now. But would you notice here, and the reason I bring up this story because of something I told my, my uh, daughter and my future son-in-law last night. Uh, I'm, I'm marrying them. I'm doing the ceremony somehow. I'm going to blubber my way through it. And I'm, so I've done the premarital counseling for them. And last night, uh, I finished. The, we had our last session of premarital counseling. And in the course of the conversation, I don't remember what brought it up, but in the course of the conversation, I told them about Lisa. And my wife is down at, at the other service tonight, so I feel a little more freedom to talk about her. And sometimes I'm, when I talk about her, it's um, telling on her. But 
But I want to brag on her for a minute, just for a second, because it's going to set the stage for what we're going to read in Jeremiah. I've never gotten over the fact. We've been married 30 years. It'll be 31 in May. I've never gotten over the fact that she left her family to follow me wherever I went. I just can't tell you how, how much that's meant to me. And, and you see, you know by now, her mom died four months before we were married. Her, her mom died of cancer, lung cancer, in January. We were married in May. And, and at that wedding, right after the wedding, we packed up and we moved first to Tennessee. We were around my family for a few months. And then we moved to Texas for three years or so for seminary. And then we moved... Uh, to North Carolina for 10 years, where I pastored for my first church. And then we moved this little place called Powdersville, South Carolina. And we moved there, and we've lived here for 17 years. And Lisa gets to see her family once a year. And sometimes not even once a year. There's some years she, she, she was gone two or three years without seeing her family. And because we were living in North Carolina or Tennessee and North Carolina and South Carolina, I got to see my family a lot. But she, bless her heart, has followed me to Tennessee and to Texas and North Carolina and South Carolina. I've just never gotten over how beautiful that is. God says, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert. It was a time God said you were so devoted to me. You know why Lisa has followed me to Tennessee and Texas and North Carolina and South Carolina? She is devoted to me. She loves me. And I don't have to ever wonder about that because she left her family. And she's followed me around the country. She is devoted to me. And she's told me before, wherever you go, I'm going to go. God says, I remember a time when to the nation of Israel. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord. Israel was, was set apart. Israel was sacred to the Lord. Israel loved God, but those days are past. Those days are gone, God said. You're not doing that anymore. One of the dangers of, of deciding you don't need to listen to God or obey Him is that your relationship with God grows cold. The devotion you once had, you'll no longer have if you're not listening and obeying to God. Your devotion to Him will grow cold. Here's the second one. Number two. We hurt ourselves when we don't listen to God and our lives get in a mess. We hurt ourselves and our lives get in a mess. Chapter 2, verse 5 he says, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? Look at this. They followed worthless idol and became what? Worthless themselves. These were God's people. These were God's chosen people. These were the people through whom God was going to work. These were people through whom God would change the world. These were God's special people. And he says, now you become worthless to me. Your lives are in a mess. You have become worthless. Look down in verse 17. Verse 17 says, Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when He led you in the way? 
That's underlined in my Bible. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God? So many of our hurts and our wounds are the direct cause of our failure to listen to God. So many of our wounds are self-inflicted. We brought it on ourselves. Because we felt like we could ignore God. We felt like we could ignore what He said. And do our own thing. I mean, can you think of anybody? Just think through the Bible. Can you think of anybody who was better off because they ignored God? There's no example of that. But I can show you plenty of examples of people who who ignored God and their life got in a mess. We just studied one book called Jonah. He tried to ignore God. His life got in a mess. David went through a time where he was ignoring God. And his life got in a mess with Bathsheba and all the stuff that came with that. Moses at one time got mad and, and ignored God and his, his life got in a mess when he, when he didn't do what God told him to do. On and on we could go. We hurt ourselves and our life get in a mess when we decide to ignore God. And some of you might be looking at your marriage, looking at your home, looking at your family, looking at your own personal life and say, how did I get here? Why is my life in such a mess? And the answer just might be verse 17. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God? Here's the third thing that happens. The tragic consequences of ignoring God is this. Number three, we invite the chastening of God. We are inviting the chastening of God. Look in chapter 2, verse 27. They say to wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. Which is incredible to think about, that these are God's people. And now they're turning to the things that they have crafted with their own hands. Idols of their own making, of wood and stone, and saying, you are my father. you the one who, who gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. And when they are in trouble, they say, come save us. Isn't that just like us? We don't need God until we need Him to save us. Not interested in God until we need Him to come to our rescue. And look what God says. Look what God says. Where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Wait, 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 wait. Remember that stone you were declaring to be your God? Cry out to Him and see if He helps you. Remember that idol you carved out of wood? Cry out to it. See if it helps you. 28, the second part. Let them come if they can save you when you're in trouble. And then look at the next verse. For you have as many gods as you have towns, O Judah. Wow. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares the Lord. In vain I punished your people. They did not respond to correction. You see, we invite the chastening of God when we turn our back on God. Friend, I'll just say it to you as plain as I know how. If you are turning your back on God, be prepared for the consequences. Be prepared for the consequences. Let me fast forward for a moment. We'll come back to chapter 2, but go to chapter 4. Chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. If you will return, O Israel, return to me, declares the Lord. If you put your detestable idols out of my sight and no longer go astray, and if in a truthful, just, and righteous way you swear as surely as the Lord lives, 
Then the nations will be blessed by him, and in him they will glory. This is what the Lord says to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem. Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts, you men of Judah and people of Jerusalem. Or, or my wrath will break out and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. Burn with no one to quench it. We invite the chastening of God when we decide we can ignore Him. Alright, number four. The fourth tragic consequence of ignoring God is this. We deprive ourselves of God's best for our lives. We miss out on God's best for our lives. Look in chapter 5, verse 25. Chapter 5, verse 25. He's still dealing with the same... This is still part of the same message, if you will. He's still dealing with the same issue. And he says in chapter 5, verse 25, Your wrongdoings have kept these away. Your sins have deprived you of good. Your sins have deprived you of good. You're missing out. You're missing out. When you ignore God, you always miss out. It will always cost you. Number five, tragic consequence of ignoring God. Number five is this. We make bad decisions. Can somebody put an amen there? We make bad decisions. Go back to chapter 2. We pick up the story. Chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, and it's kind of a beautiful picturesque language that he uses here. Chapter 2, verse 13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. That's the first bad decision. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. The second bad decision, the second sin is this. They have dug their own cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Idols, like broken cisterns, always fail the worshipers. That's what he's saying. They've made these idols. But idols are like broken cisterns. They always fail. They can never produce. They can never deliver. If you're not listening to God, you'll make the wrong choice because you're listening to the wrong voice. That's pretty good. You ought to put that on Facebook. If you're not listening to God, you'll make the wrong choice. Because you're listening to the wrong voice. You'll make some bad decisions. And that's why sometimes you look at somebody and say, how could they be so stupid? How could they have done that? How did their life get to this point? Well, if if they are a child of God, somewhere along the way, they made the conscious decision to stop listening and obeying God. Here's the sixth one. We hurt others when we fail to listen to God. We hurt others. Looking back in chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord. And I will bring charges against your children's children. It's not just charges against you that I'm bringing. But I will be bringing charges against your children's children. Now, we could debate how to interpret that, but here's the way I interpret it. I believe God was saying, because you have failed to ignore, failed to, to obey me, because you are ignoring me, and you are turning your back on me, here's the obvious consequences. Not only are you going to be living in sin and in rebellion, 
But because you are living in sin and rebellion, that will continue to your children. They're going to live the way you're living. And your children's children will live the way they're living. And this, this seed of rebellion, this seed of ignoring me, will be passed down from generation to generation. And the way you're living now is the way your children are going to be living later. And the way their children will be living later. You see, you're not just hurting yourself when you decide you can ignore God. He's saying you're going to be hurting the next generation and the next generation because they're going to follow your ungodly example. When we turn our backs on God, we need to be careful because we very well could not only be wounding ourselves, we could very well be wounding our family and maybe beyond. Number seven, the final one is this. We forget the God we once served. We forget the God we once served. Look in chapter 2, verse 32. Does a maiden forget her jewelry? A bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me. Days without number. My people have forgotten me. Days without number. The word forgot, you know what it means? It literally means, in this, in this context, and the, the Hebrew word here literally means to put out of mind. To put out of mind. You, you stop even thinking about it. Uh, you're not concerned about it anymore. You just put something out of mind. You just It's like, wow, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. You just put it out of mind. We do that sometimes with things, not necessarily in a bad way. We, You know, we, you'll see something, man, I hadn't thought about that in years. I, that, I just kind of put that out of mind. And, and God says, that's what you've done to me. I remember the devotion of your youth. Remember how this chapter started? I remember the devotion of your youth, how you were devoted to me and you followed me and you loved me and I was always on your mind. But now, you've put me out of mind. And, and he says this, you have forgotten me days without number. This is not just something that's happened yesterday or the day before or even last week. God says it's been days without number. In your life right now, is your back or your face turned toward God? It's easy to find out. Are you listening and obeying? If there's anything you're not responding to, if there's anything He's pointing to and you're not obedient, you're, you're, you're delaying. I want to tell you something. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience. Well, I'm going to do that one of these days, Lord. Well, well I'm going to get to that. Well, well, Lord, I'm going to stop that. Lord, I plan to. Lord, I'm going to. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And if you are delaying obedience to God, you are, watch this, you're turning your back and not your face to Him. So just think about it from a logical standpoint. Which is the most rewarding way to live? With your back or your face to God? And the answer is obvious. Let's pray about it right now. Father, I know this is one of those 
times as we look at your word and we could we can very well get very uncomfortable. And I want to pray, Father, for anyone here tonight and and you've put your finger on an area of their life where they have their back turned towards you. They're not responding, they're not listening, they're not obeying. They have their back turned toward their God. I pray, whoever that person or persons are, that they'll get alone with you and turn their face back towards you. May we be attentive to your voice this week. May we listen to your voice. But may we do more than listen. Help us to obey what you say. I pray that in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen.